G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. It's so hard and so hurtful when we discover that people are plotting against us. I mean, where do you turn? Who do you talk to? How do you respond? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again to A Different Perspective as we kick off a brand new series of messages called When People Plot Against Us. And do stick with me, because very soon I'll be telling you about a special edition book. It's called How to Get Close to God, and I'd love to send you a free copy to help you do just that. Draw ever closer in a rich, powerful, dynamic, joy-filled life. My hunch is that we've all been in that place at some time in our lives where people are plotting against us. You know when you just know... You're on the outer, and you have this sense that people are talking behind your back and and plotting and scheming. Sometimes it's happening more inside our heads than in reality. Other times it's really happening. Sometimes it's somewhere in the middle. It can be a tough thing. I mean, we all want to be liked. We're, We're by and large pretty social creatures, and whether it's at work or at home or with our friends, we want to be part of that group. But sometimes, for whatever reason, it doesn't happen quite that way. And we have this sense that people are plotting against us. So I thought that since it's something we all go through at some point, well, why don't we take a look at that on the program this week? When I was a kid growing up, I always felt like I was on the outer. I mean, it's tough as a teenager because when you're a teenager, the whole peer group thing is so incredibly important. I mean, for starters, all the guys had long hair in those days and my parents wouldn't let me. I had to have short hair. And I was a bit short and dumpy. I'm no sportsman, I can tell you. On the other hand, I'm very academic and I'm musical. I play the piano. I'm just not one of those people who likes being around a lot of people all the time. And one of my strongest memories of those years was this sense that people were laughing at me to my face and behind my back. I I wasn't one of the in crowd. I wasn't one of the beautiful people. I always felt like I was on the outer. And the more successful I was academically, the worse it became. When I was the top student at our school, yet that ability somehow isolated me. A lot of us can look back on that, growing up and and even more recently, this sense that that people are somehow cutting us out of the loop. It might be a big thing, or it might be just a small thing. It can be a huge plot, like at work. I mean, I've worked as a consultant in over 150 or 200 organisations around the world over a period of almost 20 years. Can I tell you, I have seen a lot of plots to undermine people, to marginalise what they say, even to get rid of people. And and that sort of thing doesn't happen without that person getting a a sense that somehow people are murmuring or whispering behind their back, that something's going on, that, that they're losing their supporter base. Or maybe it's a much smaller thing. Maybe you have a friend you catch up with regularly for coffee or for lunch, and and all of a sudden, they stop bringing you. And it feels like they're avoiding you. What's going on? You see it in politics. You see a leader who's been in the top job of a political party for a long time, and his or her party decides 
they can't win the next election with this leader and, and it's time for change. And people start counting the numbers behind the scenes and, and leaders start talking about the importance of loyalty. There are so many different spheres in life where you see this. And we all know how hurtful and unsettling and isolating it is when, when we have this sense that people are plotting against us. Maybe it's something you're going through now. Maybe you have this friend who, who's all of a sudden dropped you like a hot potato and, and you feel that, that kind of pain and that hurt as though people are plotting against you. This week on the program, I'd like to look at one man's story, a guy called David. He's one of the greatest leaders, possibly the greatest leader that Israel ever had. He was the king. He was God's anointed one. Yet he had this problem, and he writes about it. It's, it's a kind of a prayer. You can read about it if, if you have a Bible in Psalm 31. And it's a prayer of deliverance from his enemies. Have a listen to what he says when he's pouring his heart out to God. He says, God, be merciful to me because I'm distressed. My eyes are growing weak with sorrow and my soul and my body with grief. My life's consumed by anguish and my years by groaning. My strength's failing because of my affliction and my bones are growing weak because of all of my enemies. I'm an utter contempt to my neighbours. I'm a dread to my friends. Those who see me on the street run away from me. I'm forgotten by them as though I were dead. I've become like a broken piece of pottery. For I hear the slander of many. There is terror on every side. They conspire against me. They plot to take my life. Ever felt like that? Well, I sure have. And what I love about this is that it's in the Bible. Here's the greatest king Israel ever had. This man is on the biblical A-list. He's on top of the heap. He's a man of faith. He's God's anointed leader. In fact, it even says about him in the Bible, he is a man after God's own heart. And the two things I love about this is, firstly, he had this same problem that you and I have. I love that. And secondly, he had a normal human response. Anguish, pain, that sick feeling in the stomach, that sense of, of isolation. I, I'm like a broken bit of pottery lying on the pavement. They treat me as though I'm dead. I mean, I hear them talking about me behind my back and this terror and they're conspiring against me. It happens. What did he do with that? Well, he took it to God. He, see, this psalm is him praying to God. He took it to God. He told God just how it was, just how it felt, how much it was hurting, his fears, his insecurities, he, the sense of ridicule and worthlessness and, and his loneliness. You know how many people would never think of doing that? pouring their heart out to God. But but don't I have to clean my act up before I take it to him? No. That's the whole point. Right through the Old Testament, it talks about God being our helper. These Psalms, there are 150 of them. The book of Psalms is like the Hebrew hymn book or prayer book. And people often think of it as a book mostly about praise. But you know something? There are more Psalms of lament and anguish in there than there are psalms of praise. There's a message in that. God is not going to fall off his twig if we come along and tell him just how it is. He already knows just how it is. He's God. And he's there for us to go and talk to and just pour our pain out to. Now, 
Over the course of the rest of this week on the program, we're going to look at God's response and, and what happens in David when he does that and some wonderful things. But today, I don't know, today I just want to make this point that we can pour our pain out to God the way David did. If it's good enough for God's anointed king to do, it's good enough for you and me to do. And in a sense, what we often want to do, you know, when people are plotting against us and and they've rejected us and we're lonely and we're hurt and we, we want to crawl into our little hole and die, don't we? We just want to do the misery guts thing and, and, and oh, this is so bad, this is hurting so much and we whinge and complain and wail and bellyache and, and we go downwards in this spiral. Or we come out fighting and we, we go and confront them. We have arguments and we carry on. Or we ring up friends and we whinge and complain about a person. What about just taking it to God? Be merciful to me, O Lord. I'm in distress. My eyes are growing weak with sorrow. My soul and my body with grief. My life's consumed by anguish. My years by groaning. My strength's failing me. God, I need you. I can't do this on my own. This thing where people are conspiring against me hurts. What about just taking it to God? With all that we have going on in our lives, man, it's easy just to kind of drift out of our relationship with God. You know, you just get so preoccupied with everything else One day you wake up and realise that your relationship with God ain't what it used to be. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of my special edition book, How to Get Close to God. Because His Word is alive and active. Amen? So I'm praying that God will draw you ever closer to Himself through this book. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send it straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.